the Ghost Goal Podcast. It's still all to play for with two match weeks left in the Premier League season. As Manchester City took a defiant step towards their second league title in a row with an emphatic win at Wolves and still looking at a hurdle in an away trip to West Ham coming up this weekend. Liverpool kept pace, however, with a comeback win of their own at Aston Villa, leading up to a big weekend as they face Chelsea in an FA Cup final before going to bogey team Southampton on Tuesday afternoon. The top four races are still hotly contested as Tottenham beat Arsenal 3-0 at home to shorten the gap to one point in fourth place. I'm Alex, here with Javier. We've got all that, plus uh, relegation battles still going on. If you guys want to get our thoughts specifically on the North London Derby from earlier today, I'm sure we'll touch on it a little bit on this as we preview this upcoming weekend. But we did an Instagram Live uh, with a friend of ours, uh, Mark, who's a Tottenham fan. Been uh, looking forward to that for weeks. It was a big game, kind of a disappointing as a contest. Yeah, disappointing as a contest, but I was happy uh, we finally got him on the pod because we've been... Uh... We've been teasing getting we him got on. You. Yeah, we've been, we finally got you on the Instagram live. Finally got me You've on been Instagram holding out live. On me. You know, it was yeah. it was it more was, of those to come. Hopefully, it was pretty fun though. It was uh, we got you know we had a few people in the chat. You know, it was uh, nice to get the, the the fresh reaction right after the game. Um, so yeah, yeah if, if you, you guys want to keep a lookout for those, just follow our uh, Instagram definitely at uh, Ghost Goal Pod and the Twitter account. We usually put out our you know our. Our announcements earlier in the day when we're going to go uh, live that day for usually one of the big matches of the week and or weekend. So, uh, yeah, again, that's at Ghost Goal Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you follow the accounts, you'll uh, see our our warnings when we're uh, planning on going on. So uh, let's get started. Nowhere else but the FA Cup final. I know I'm sure we'll get to, to you guys and Tottenham in a bit, Javier. But there is an FA Cup final to be played this weekend. I am annoyed that it is it is the weekend before the final weekend of the season, just like last year. Usually the FA Cup final, you know, you have a week after the end of the season. You play the FA Cup yeah, final the following Sunday. Yeah, I remember Sunday. it always being like the, the, sec- and the then, last month of May. Right. And then the week the after the week FA Cup May, final is usually the Champions League final on the, the following Saturday. But because the schedules have been compressed, I, I don't know why they've been compressed this year well, since because of no covid and all that summer. stuff we just had a bunch of double game weeks in the midweek so you, you can understand it alex yeah but it, it packs that schedule even more i mean at least for liverpool and chelsea and the teams that they were you know scheduled to face this weekend they're instead gonna have to play those games in the following midweek but then that leaves teams like chelsea and leicester and you know a couple other teams i can't quite remember with games next thursday three days before they play their final game of the season, whereas every other team's gotten to rest the full week. I'm distracting from this uh, actual game because I am not very confident that Chelsea are going to pull this out. Uh, Let me get your thoughts first before I I give mine on this FA Cup final. Well, if you're looking purely on form, yeah, I mean, Liverpool are on pretty imperious form. You know, they've been winning pretty much every game except for that one game uh, that they just drew with Tottenham, but right back to winning ways against Aston Villa in a game that was very grindy. I mean, they went down in the third minute, but equalized a few minutes later, and it kind of felt like Liverpool were eventually going to get something. You know, Villa were threatening on the counterattack like we said they were, and 
Liverpool were very wary of them because of that 7-2, but the one thing that I'll say is is been a little bit disappointing from Liverpool in these last couple of games against Tottenham and against Villa is that their attacking play hasn't been as fluid as we're used to with Liverpool. And they've been kind of lumping balls into the box a lot with Robertson and mostly Trent, who I mean, I know he's amazing at lumping balls into the box and that's what ended up, you know, being the Sadio Mane goal was I don't think it was you know, it was a ball from Trent out to Luis Diaz, and then Diaz crossed it in for Sadio Mane. But I, I would not say that was lumping the ball in at all. That was like a no, pinpoint that was like a pinpoint cross to his head. No, scored. absolutely. But I think creatively, these last couple of games against Tottenham and against Villa, Liverpool haven't been at it as much as I'm used to seeing. But that could also be just you know the fixture congestion. They've been playing three games right. a week. You know the 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 Champions League, the the FA Cup, the league. You know, of course, there was always going to be a little bit of drop off in energy and creativity. And I think for Chelsea, like a, a nice three nil win against Leeds away from home couldn't have come at a better time because fuck the dirty Leeds. Yeah, they were looking. You guys were looking very shaky these last few weeks. You know, that two two with Wolves being up two nil looked like you were going to cruise to a win at Stamford Bridge. And then, you know, get, conceding a 97th minute e- equalizer just Seemed like everything is just going badly for Chelsea in the league, at least. And then, you know, getting the 3-0 win pretty much locks up top four. Um, you you needed a, some sort of result from Arsenal today to 100% lock it up, but you pretty much just need one point from the last two games. Yeah, pretty much. So looking at on form, you'd have to favor Liverpool. Um, but if you look at the head-to-head between Chelsea and Liverpool, Chelsea have had a pretty good time against Liverpool in, in recent times, you know? Um in recent well, memory, I mean, just this, just this season, right? I mean, I, I think Chelsea haven't lost to Liverpool, if I'm not correct, if I'm not incorrect there. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, I, I mean, I know that I there was a nil-nil that went we to penalties and the, the 11th penalty or whatever decided it. But, you know, that was technically a draw. I'll repeat what I said immediately after that Carabao Cup final. The only thing we learned from this Carabao Cup final is that Chelsea missed way too many chances, which I guess... We already knew that, so scratch that. Um, the only thing we learned from that Carabao Cup final was Liverpool's backup goalkeeper is better at taking penalties than our backup goalkeeper because he scored his and Kepa blasted his over the net. Meanwhile, every other player from both teams scored their penalties, so that's all we really learned. Uh, they they edged it in the in the mo- the tightest way that you can imagine. Uh, but th- there's undeniably injuries for both teams that are going to affect their confidence going into this game. Fabinho looks like he's going to be out for uh, this FA Cup final, definitely, and uh, probably the last two games of the Premier League season that Liverpool have after that. And he probably is looking to try and be back fit. I think it's a hamstring issue. As crappy as that is for, for Liverpool, yeah, Nabi Keita and Henderson are, are seamless replacements there. They're definitely good. I wouldn't say they're exact and seamless replacements because Fabinho, I think, is underrated as one of the best players to sit at the base of your midfield and just mop up counterattacks and distribute the ball well. There was no N'Golo Conte on the bench for you guys against Leeds. Mateo Kovacic yeah, came was, out injured from that horror, uh, horror tackle from Daniel James. I mean, can we just talk about that for a second? Because Leeds now back-to-back games, red cards. I mean, they've just been so dirty. They're, they Before this game, it was coming out that they already had set the record for most yellow cards in a season by a Premier League team. They had like I 90s. think it was most total cards, yellow oh, and red Most combined. total cards. And they just they also have the most fouls of any team this season. And coming into this game, you thought, you know, they're probably just going to foul the shit out of Chelsea. And, and they pretty much did from the off. 
Um, Calvin Phillips should have been sent off as well. He just, just like that just just disgusting tackle on Kovacic. And it's really sad to see him go off. I mean, it was just kind of like you see the replay. And I mean, he, he fully cleated his ankle and you, you, you got to fear that maybe there's like some, like some fracture or ligament damage or just at least heavy bruising. So hopefully he makes it for this game. But I think without Mateo Kovacic, who for me has been Chelsea's most consistent performer when he's played this season. Um, Mason Mount, but he, he's our Mason, best. Mason's had some patches of bad form, though, where he's played and, and not, been pretty really. helpful. Not really. He's the youngest ever player to have 10 goals and 10 assists in the league for Chelsea, and the first to do that since Eden Hazard. He's like improved year on year, and he's even if he's not necessarily getting goals and assists like you want, he still plays really well. He's never He's never had a dip in form in terms of like multiple bad games in a row. I mean, I'm just disagreeing because I I want to agree that Kovacic is definitely that in the center of midfield for us. Mason Mount's utilized more as a, like a forward hybrid attacking midfielder slash winger and a trigger for our, our press. Kovacic is important to the press, but he's also important in he has a great relationship with every midfield partner that he plays with. He knows when to sit in when one player like Kante or uh, Loftus-Cheek is driving forward with the ball, and he knows when to go when Jorginho is next to him and is sitting deep and uh, being that more conservative Who's going to play at center back, Alex? Because you guys started Trevor Chalaba, Christensen, and Rudiger in this last game, kept a clean sheet. You know, in the game before against Wolves, you were playing Thiago Silva, uh, you know, no Trevor Chalaba, and ended up conceding a couple of goals to Wolves. You guys looked a lot better defensively. I know Leeds are just nothing close to as good as Wolves are, so I think I think that's going to be a big a big question for me is who starts at center back. Obviously, Rudiger is the first name on the team sheet, but sure. do, does Chalaba start? Do you play? You know, does Christensen's been on and off form? I'll give you the Chelsea fans' desired backline, and I'll give you the likely backline that Tuchel will most likely go with. Chelsea fans, whenever we've seen Chalaba play this season, he's not always a dominant defensive player because he gets targeted by the other team's you know best players all the time. Uh, he makes mistakes. He's not perfect. He's still only 22 or 23. But we haven't lost a game when he started. We have a bunch of clean sheets in those games. And admittedly, he's usually saved for games like the... Uh, the West Ham game that we won 1-0 right at the end. Or sorry, t- uh, yeah, 1-0. We just missed a penalty in that game. Uh, and then came in for the Leeds game and similar type of performance. We would like to see Chalaba starting at right center back, Thiago Silva in the middle of that three, and uh, Rudiger left center back with, you know, Reese James and likely Marcus Alonso at left wing back. But all signs for me are going to point towards Aspilicueta starting at right center back, maybe even like Reese James starting there with Aspilicueta playing right wing back. We've seen that a lot um, from Tuchel, and he, he definitely likes the the flexibility of having both those players available to, you know, take turns getting forward and sitting deep. Um, I, I'm just not 100% certain that Aspilicueta still has the legs to keep up with a team like Liverpool and a giant pitch like Wembley. It's going to be it's going to be a marathon and a sprint. It's going to be a sprinted marathon and, you know, I kind of like Chalaba's athleticism. He started the Carabao Cup game against Liverpool and you could say he got torn to shreds by Luis Diaz. He definitely got burned a couple times, but I I think he was mostly okay. We obviously kept a clean sheet in that one and it was a learning experience for him. So I'd love to see him play again, but just be warned if you're 
looking to bet on this, it's probably going to be Aspilicueta, which I don't really think is uh, more likely to give us a favorable outcome. I'm not really as concerned with defense. It's that midfield. The question of whether Kovacic can come back, I'm going to assume no for now for how bad that injury looked. Like, if you see the still uh, frame of Jorginho and Ruben Loftus cheek start in midfield? Uh, N'Golo could start. We've seen N'Golo be injured for a couple of weeks and then play in finals like he did in Baku. Like, no one thought N'Golo was going to start that game in the Europa League final against Arsenal, and then he came in and ran the game. He came, N'Golo came back to training today, so we'll have Friday or Thursday and Friday to train. Maybe it's N'Golo and Jorginho, which was the midfield we played when we won the Champions League. So there's still, there's question marks all over the field. Romelu Lukaku is back scoring goals now, and Kai Havertz has kind of dropped off a cliff from the good form he showed for about a month there. So do you stick with Lukaku or play Kai Havertz? I don't fucking know. Like, right. <laughs> I mean, and so that's, many questions there's so many answer. questions right now around Chelsea that you've got to favor Liverpool because there aren't any questions about Liverpool. You know what their starting lineup's going to be, you know, give or take. Maybe Yalta starts, maybe Luis Diaz, but I feel like the Diaz, Mane, Sala front line's just been. When those three have started together, they've Liverpool have looked unbelievable. So, uh, for me, I think they start those front three. Um, I think they start, you know. Henderson instead of Fabinho, who every time Henderson's come on, you know, to give Fabinho a rest or to try to shore up games, he's he's been he's been fantastic. So for me, there's less questions about Liverpool than about Chelsea. But like I said, the head to head, it's a cup final. It's almost a coin flip. But I think you give a slight edge to Liverpool right now, maybe like 60, 40 in Liverpool's favor, which I think giving 40 percent chance of Chelsea winning this final is most teams don't have that chance ever yeah we'll take them. that right so you know i think you need a big performance from lukaku i think you need a big defensive performance you can't be making those mistakes that you guys have been making against wolves against arsenal against just pretty much everyone you've played against so far uh, even against leeds i mean leeds went down to 10 men really early but i think it's the only time that you guys have looked just very comfortable for the most of the game but it, it's it's not going to give you a ton of confidence that that's the only team you've kept a clean sheet against in a long time. So, yeah, well, Southampton, West Ham. Yeah, all right. There's so, a couple in there. Also, let me put you in a time machine and bring you back one year to when we like barely scraped top four while like limping over the finish line of the season, like losing to Villa on the last day and needing Leicester to beat Tottenham to make sure we stay in top four. Uh, like a week before that, we had lost an FA Cup final to Leicester. Uh, and a couple days before that, we lost at home to like one of the worst Arsenal teams ever, where we dominated the game and made one mistake and Emile Smith-Rowe scored off of it. We were absolutely limping through the end of the league season, still somehow managed to like accomplish our goals. And then when we came to the Champions League final, no one thought we were going to win that Champions League final. And we pulled out one of the best performances of the season and won 1-0. I don't think it's going to be that good of a performance from like a, a a very injured and heavily rotated team against a very good Liverpool team. But I think it'll be good enough that, uh, and Liverpool will be sort of fatigued enough that it ends 1-1 after 90 minutes and Chelsea win the game with a goal in extra time. 2-1 Chelsea. Up the fucking I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say 2-1 Liverpool. I think Liverpool have too much for Chelsea offensively to only keep Chelsea Chelsea only keep Liverpool to one goal in regular time I think 
you know, 65th, 70th minute comes around and it's level or... We kept them to no goals in 120 minutes. I know you did, but... uh, (laughs) but (laughs) Like, why is it so hard to imagine one in 90? Because it feels like you guys defensively aren't... You need Mateo Kovacic, you need N'Golo Kante, you need your, your... you know, your center backs now aren't... We'll have one of those At that players. point in time, Rudiger wasn't going to Real Madrid and Christensen wasn't going to Barcelona. So there's been a... And, and then the whole fiasco with the club turning over and the ownership and all that shit hadn't happened yet, Alex. So it was a very different Chelsea back then with a de- very different mentality and a very different outlook on what the season could be or what the... Like you were still in the Champions League... You weren't struggling to be in top four. I mean, all of See, these things. This is this is one of three trophies that Liverpool would like to win this season. Probably the third most important. This is like the trophy we we have to win this season. Like even if we win this trophy, people around the club still won't be like, oh, that was a very successful season. They will just be like, oh, that was, you know, we salvaged that. So, and especially a lot of these guys lost two straight FA Cup finals before this. They're desperate to win this one. And I think like part of the reason you've seen a drop off is because these play in the league is because these players are looking forward to the, the FA Cup final. So hopefully all this misery against teams like United, Arsenal and Everton is for a good end. We get an FA Cup out of it. Uh, but let's move on to the Premier League. Tottenham will host Burnley uh, Sunday at 7 a.m. There's no Saturday Premier League games because of that FA Cup final. Uh, Tottenham, again, coming off this 3-0 win at home against Arsenal. Both teams have two games left. Tottenham, by far, you would say, would have the more favorable schedule with a struggling Burnley team coming to the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. And then the week after that, they'll go to Norwich. Uh, But I was saying on the IG Live that there's, you know, there's still a chance that they slip up here against Burnley. But uh, what what percentage would you put that chance at? I don't think it's very high. I mean, I think this is one of the teams that Tottenham traditionally hasn't had too much trouble with. Um, it seems like every time we thought Burnley have had good form and Tottenham have been not on great form, they spank them three or four nil. And I don't know. I guess Harry Kane and Human Son love playing against Burnley. So the the form that they're in right now, it's hard to see anything but a Tottenham win here. And you got to think that Tottenham, after beating us in the North London derby. They're going to try to put maximum pressure and get two wins on Arsenal, make Arsenal get two wins as well. Because if they slip up in this game, I mean, they they don't deserve Champions League. So they've got to win these two games. They've got to win these two games. And then, you know, if we don't win our last two games, we don't deserve Champions League. So it's it's just come down to that now, you know. What if neither of you win your last two games? Would you deserve Champions League then? Tottenham lose to Burnley and you guys lose to Newcastle and then you guys both lose to Norwich and Everton the following week. Would you not deserve Champions League? You're then? Saying we both lose both of these last two games. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying uh, like that would be you, you could still there's I mean, it's not a realistic that scenario. Would be horrifying, but, like, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I think if we lose any of these <laughs> next two games no, we don't deserve it. We just don't deserve it. And, uh, you know, I, I same thing for Tottenham. I think they for, for both of these teams where they got to win out, put the maximum pressure, get the most points. You know, if you get 70 points and you don't make top four, I think that's that's unlucky. But I think clearly we're the best of the rest, Arsenal and Tottenham. And these last two games are going to show who's who deserves it and who doesn't. You know, I think Tottenham have a little bit of an easier schedule. You know, the, the Newcastle away game is, is probably the hardest game of the four that we both have left, of the two that, you know, of the Norwich away, Burnley at home, Everton at home. Newcastle way is probably the hardest one. So 
I think if we if we can get a win in that game, I'm going to feel very confident going into the last day of the season, even if Tottenham get the win. So, nervy for sure these, this last week. I mean, I wanted it to be easy. I just wanted some sort of, you know, result. Even a draw would have been perfect coming into this game. But now we've got maximum pressure on us. And the one thing I'll say, and I said this on the Instagram Live, is when Arsenal have had pressure against uh, up against – our backs have been up against the wall this season. We've needed a result to turn things around whether it was at the beginning of the season after we lost our first three games, whether it was that purple patch that we had. Do you remember in when we lost to, I think it was like Liverpool, and then we lost to Everton, and I think it was around December, and, and we had all that COVID and all that stuff. Came back, rattled off a bunch of wins. Another purple patch you know, in April just now. Lost three straight games versus teams we weren't supposed to lose, and then ended up winning the next four games versus you know, probably three of those teams that we arguably, you know, people were going to argue that we weren't going to get a result in those. So backs up against the wall again, we've performed and you got to trust our Teta how have right you now. Made this, how have you made this about Arsenal? <laughs> because it really is about Arsenal. You know, Tottenham, I think Tottenham are going to do their part. I'm talking about the, t- the Tottenham Burnley game No, I know, but I think, Tottenham, I think Tottenham are going to do their part. I think they're going to win these next two games so, okay, and so, put maximum pressure on, on. I don't think what Tottenham does matters that much. I think Tottenham did now what they needed to do, which was beat Arsenal in this game. Yeah, okay. You know? Okay, you're saying this, but we have sat here each of the last, I want to say, three, maybe four seasons. And every time there's been like two to three games left in the season, and everyone's thought, oh, yeah, this team will win out now and, you know, make it into top four. That it never team happens. has choked. Yeah. Like, or like one or two of those teams have choked. Sometimes there's been weeks where every team that was in the top like four race, I, I think it was last year, there was like third through like sixth, including like Man United and West Ham and all the, or Leicester, I guess, all these teams, they all lost with like two or three weeks left in the season and nothing changed in the top four battle, but every team just felt terrible about themselves. I'm just saying, I, I think it's, it's more likely that one of the Arsenal or Tottenham are going to have a frustrating draw than it is that both teams win out in both of these last two games. I just don't think that's likely with the pressure and how inconsistent these two teams have shown that they are when the pressure is on, which is why I bring up like, I'm going to put like a 30% chance that Burnley, fuck it, 40% chance that Burnley eke a draw, not a win, just a draw. I don't like I, again. I'll ride with Kane and Son, but they, they've they're coming off like such a big game on a Thursday night in the North London Derby. A great performance that is traditionally when these Tottenham players have all of a sudden dropped their levels just that little bit. That it affects like their overall end product in games. I think my my pick is going to be it's going to be two one Tottenham, but I think Burnley make you know they they make it. Tough for Tottenham. It's I was going to say like two, Burnley one, two. Are right in a relegation battle themselves. Yeah. I mean, Burnley need a result here. They're, they they did get a pretty bad result in their last game. They lost 3-1 to Aston Villa um, you know, over the weekend, and obviously not a great result for them, but they really probably need one more win to really secure, to secure top four, or to secure, not top four, to secure uh, safety this season. So They don't know what Leeds are going to do in these Brighton and Brentford games to finish their season. They've got Leeds of Brighton at home and Brentford away. And I mean, I'm not saying I think Leeds will win either of those games, but they're they're not Tottenham away. I'll, I'll give them that. You know, it's not as difficult as what Burnley have. So Burnley are going to be 
trying to win every game they have left. What, what's your score prediction for that one? I'm going to say I'm going to say two one Tottenham as well. OK, there's a whole lot of 9 a.m. games. Aston Villa will host Crystal Palace in uh, the first 9 a.m. game. Watford will host Leicester and uh, Wolves will host Norwich. But there's uh, two 9 a.m. games that really uh, stick out, and that's uh, the aforementioned Leeds-Brighton game at 9 a.m. Leeds in desperate need of a win, but Brighton have, you know, gone on a late run of good form to to end the season. We didn't really talk about the 4-0, like, pumping they, they gave Manchester United last weekend at home, like their biggest result by far this season. Uh, so it, it, it's not... It's not an easy game when you're considering the the overall form of, of both teams. But do you think there's any chance that at this point of the season, with a week left, Brighton actually or finally drop off since it really doesn't mean anything to them? It doesn't look like it. I mean, it, the games haven't meant anything for them in a while. And, I mean, it feels like they're, they're in it to just get as many points as possible and get as high up the table as possible. And I don't think that they're going to go easy on this Leeds team at all. And Leeds, I mean, after that Chelsea game, they got, I think, a player sent off and then a player came off injured in the first half and then another player came off injured. Like, their squad is extremely thin um, and their players must be absolutely gassed after playing two games of 10 men, like, for, you know, more than half the game in both of those games, so... I kind I kind of feel like Brighton get a result here. Like I don't know how Leeds. I know yeah. I thought because I I really put Leeds on. I thought they were going to be better in these last few games. I know that they had really difficult opponents in City, Arsenal, and and Chelsea. But I really thought that they were going to have more stock in these games, and they haven't at all. They haven't really showed anything that to to show that they're going to be scoring goals to stay up, enough goals to stay up in this. And Brighton have just been so good. I I think they're going to keep playing their their really good midfield that they've been found and keep developing that team and, and just trying to get as many points up on the board as possible. I'm going to say, I'm going to say two, one Brighton or even one, okay. one, even one, one. I think a draw would be disastrous for Leeds, and Brighton would probably be pretty happy with the draw. I don't know about disastrous. They're tied on points with Burnley. Uh, they just have uh, a worse goal difference. So if they, they get a draw out of Brighton and Burnley lose to Tottenham, that, that suits them just fine. Uh, so, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they'll obviously, like, obviously they're, you're going for wins because if they win, that would put them ahead of Everton even. So uh, I don't think like, the draw is the disastrous result that it, it may seem like, especially because they'll know Burnley's result uh, from earlier in the day. Yeah, I was going to follow up on what you were saying about Leeds injuries. It's not just the injuries, it's the suspensions to, you know, ailing with that red card against Arsenal. Dan James is going to miss the rest of the season now. Uh, after the red card against Chelsea, they lost. Uh, I mean, Patrick Bamford has been out for a while. In that Chelsea game, they lost Rafinha to an injury, and I think they lost a defender. I can't remember who. I think it was Strauk or someone like that. Someone they had playing it right back. Yeah. So the injuries and suspensions just keep piling up for them. So I'll, I'll stick with you on the Brighton side of things, but I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three-one Brighton. More of the Brighton buzzsaw. The game we probably should have hit on first from the 9 a.m. slate of games is the one with, you know, huge title implications. That's West Ham hosting Manchester City. Am I crazy to think that this is a bigger banana skin for Manchester City than the Wolves game was? Yeah, I mean, if you're thinking about, like, Villa at home, they're probably they're probably going to get a win there. And then, yeah, I just, I mean, West Ham, I guess, still think that they can get something out of this. I'm No, I, I, I think that 
the way that West, that West Man Ham City are still have, pushing for Europa League. They yeah, don't want Conference League. They I know, and they've the kind Europa of been League. a bogey team for this Manchester City team in the past, or you know, not a bogey team, but they've given them hard games before. Yeah, and they've won games at home against Chelsea. But the way and that Liverpool I mean, De Bruyne just season. scored four goals, and the way that they beat Wolves, it it just. It feels like no one's gonna no one's gonna beat this team right now, and they're gonna win out. And they're gonna well, win. what about what about the injury crisis at the back? I mean, Laporte is out for the season. Ruben Diaz is out. Walker is out. Stones is out. Fernandinho is out. They they have a whole host of injuries, specifically at center back. That like you're, I'm not sure if you'll see academy players playing there, like Mbete or uh, someone like that, but. You'll probably see Rodri back there. Um, I'm not sure who his partner would be. Ake would probably be the partner. But if it's a Rodri Ake center back pairing with you know, Cancelo at right back about, and Zinchenko at left um, back, St- Stones isn't fit at all. No, still Stones, Stones, Laporte, Diaz, Fernandinho are all out for the season. Kyle Walker as well, and that's just because there's like a week left in the season. It's not like terrible injuries. Well, they it's, just, it's, it, I mean. Do City really need center backs? Come on, they've been playing without a striker all season. Well, I mean, maybe if men or if West Ham are still, you know, gunning for Europa League, they've got a game in hand on United, and they're three points behind Manchester United. They could win one or they could win both of those games and finish ahead of Manchester United. And Manchester United are the ones that have to play Conference League. Like I'm sure West Ham don't want to go down in a European competition. So they want to stay in the one they were already in. So, I mean, I'm just saying that this is not a case of West Ham are on the beach. That's all the only point I'm trying to make. And, you know, when West Ham want to win a game at home, they have pulled out performances before. Like I said, they beat Liverpool and Chelsea. And I think in those games, they scored four against Liverpool and three against Chelsea. So why couldn't they do that to a a beleaguered Manchester City backline. What's your prediction for it? I, I've I've never been good at predicting Manchester City to be bogey, bogeyed, so I'm not going to do it now. I always say that, like, like I wanted to do it with Wolves and say that it was going to be a close game, and then they ended up blowing them out 5-1. So I'm going to say 3-0 Manchester City. I just, I just don't see where it's coming from right now, and I think De Bruyne is just unbelievable form right now, and he, I think he has the most goals from a midfielder in any of the top five leagues. Other than, I guess, Christopher Nkunku, but he's been playing striker and he's in Bundesliga trash. So, 15 goals from De Bruyne this season. I mean, he's having his best season statistically and he's been mostly healthy this season. It feels like we got back to this Kevin De Bruyne who was, you know, world player of the year form or definitely Premier League player of the year form. So, I think this is the one thing that. The only thing City have left to play for and, and they're not going to fuck it up. I don't think they're going to fuck it up either. But I think it's going to be a 3-3 draw. Liverpool win at Southampton to cut the lead to 90-89 to with a week left in the season. And then both teams win their game on the final day of the season. And City win the league by a point. I guess City have that cushion where even if they draw right. they also this have game. They also have the goal difference advantage. They have plus 72 and Liverpool have plus 65. So... That that uh, d- demolition of Wolves really helped them out in the, the goal difference department. Because uh, a few weeks ago, Liverpool were ahead of them, I think. So, uh, yeah, 3-3 for me. What, what did you say? I said 3-0. 3-0 Manchester City. 3-0, okay. Finishing up the Sunday slate will be the other relegation uh, battle. Everton hosting Brentford Sunday at 11.30 a.m. 
Everton had a pretty disappointing nil-nil draw at Watford. I, I thought they really should have been focusing on that one to get another win on the board and really uh, create some distance between themselves and you know Burnley and Leeds. But here they are. Instead, they're uh, on 36 points, while both uh, Burnley and Leeds are in 17th and 18th on 34 points. So Everton, I think, are you know tasked with having to replicate their their home form. They have big wins against Chelsea and Manchester United in their last couple of home games. I think they can pull it off one more time. They've got two home games left before the Arsenal away game to finish the season. This uh, one on Sunday yeah, these against Brentford. They've got and then Crystal got Palace at Brentford, home. Brentford and then I think Leicester next, right? Both of them are no home? Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. Okay, yeah, two home games, and we've seen that. You know, in that Chelsea game, Everton can get behind their team. If they, you know, the crowd can be as raucous as they were against Chelsea, then it's like having an, an extra man on the pitch. And you've got to think for Brentford, they've they had their really good run of form recently. They've been playing really well. I don't know. that They won't be uh, no, they won't they, be I mean, they, 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 Yeah, I was going to say, they just spanked Southampton 3-0 at home. So I'm sure they'll still be full of confidence right now. You know, staying up in their first season, the way that they've stayed up. But for them, it doesn't feel like there's that much left to play for here and everything left to play for for Everton. So I think it's going to be like a nervy 2-1 win for Everton. I don't think Everton are good enough to keep a clean sheet. And the way offensively Brentford have been playing, you know, Tony, Pontus, Pontus Jansen, uh, Yona Wisa, Brian Mbwepo, like all of them have been playing very, Christian very Erickson. well. <laughs> Um, and Pontus Janssen, I know he's a center back, but he's been scoring boatloads of goals for them from at the back. Like, it feels like they've got goals everywhere in that team. So I'm going to say 2-1 Everton. I could even see a draw, and a draw wouldn't be the worst result for Everton either. Um, I could even see, like, a 2-2 draw in this. But I think it's going to be a very, very close game. And I don't think Brentford are, are going to, you know, lay down for anybody. I think this whole notion of like teams have nothing to play for, it almost takes the pressure off of the players as well, right? Like if you're already safe, then you just have this like yeah, but I mean oh, we, I can go we out have and seen, we can just go out and play and have fun. Examples of that with like Southampton, like Southampton have been on the beach for weeks. You know, Leicester have won games here and there, but they're not like lighting the league on fire. Um, but yeah, I don't. I agree with you. I don't think that applies to Brentford. Uh, but I'm going to say one-one. I think they're going to be slightly disappointed, but then they, you know, put everything they have left into that Crystal Palace game. And if they don't get a win out of that, then maybe they might be in trouble, depending on the other results. But hopefully, for Frank's sake, Everton are safe for this season. But uh, this week's going to be a big one in the history of the club. Moving on to Monday, uh, 3 p.m. Newcastle hosting Arsenal. You were hitting on this one a little bit earlier, but I want to bring in the same talking points that I had for Manchester City for Arsenal, because you guys are having a little bit of a defensive crisis at the moment. Number one, you've, you know, just conceded three to Tottenham, albeit with 10 men, Uh, but Rob Holding is now suspended. Uh, Gabriel had uh, an injury problem near the end there. He may not be able to play in this one. Uh, Obviously, Tierney's out for the rest of the season, and... You know, you, you know, you've made good with in midfield with Elneny and Xhaka, but uh, how worried are you about like the how thin the squad is at such an important point of the season, and how it might like affect you in a similarly charged atmosphere at Newcastle that you were talking about with Everton? I mean, obviously the stakes aren't the same for Newcastle, right. but and I was going to say home, like I last think, home game of the season. I think the fact that they got it. blowed away five nil in their last game. You know, Newcastle will be cagey in this. They're probably going to sit back and try to, 
you know, play on the counterattack. Players like Alan Saint-Maximin and, and Miguel Marone, you know, both very quick players on the counterattack. They have Chris Wood, who's, who's good at hold-up play, and then the former Bruno Guimaraes, who, you know, he's been running midfield in every game he's played. So I'm curious to see how good or how, you know, st- how much we can stifle a player like him, um, because I feel like, that's going to be the type of player that if we can keep him down, then we'll be able to you know keep the rest of this this Newcastle team down. I think it's going to be nervy as hell. I'm going to say one nil Arsenal. I think maybe even keeping a clean sheet might be too much to ask. Maybe maybe two one. Do you want to address the defensive issues at all, like the the injuries and suspensions? I mean, I think if Ben White's back um, and we still have you know White, ooh. It's going to be White and probably Tomiyasu next day. Yeah, I don't know who Gabriel. I mean, if Gabriel with, is is actually injured and can't play, that'd be uh, with Cedric be, right back and Nuno bad. left back. What if like Nuno's playing left back and Ben White's at left center back, Tomiyasu right center back, and Cedric at right back? People are saying we should give uh, this kid Zach Swanson, who's been playing for uh, U twenty ones a game, <laughs> which I'm like, no, nah. no, right? We can't give second him, to last game of the no, season, Champions not. League on the line. Right. Uh, I'm saying you don't have a choice, and Nuno is probably going to start. Nuno Tavares. Yeah, he didn't play bad in that. I mean, he he played in that run of three wins, and then you know kind of got dropped for that last Leeds game, and and then didn't play at all in this game either against Tottenham. Or no, he he did come on, you know, he the came 76th on, yeah. minute. But yeah, he's a player that we need to show up in these last couple of games. We're going to need him. We're going to need goals from somewhere. So you're not worried at all. You're not worried at all about the the, the suspensions. No, of course and I am. Alex. Injuries. I'm shitting myself yeah, for every okay. game now. <laughs> It's just like every minute of every game, I'm going to be like, like clenching my butthole. You're you're not going to like this, Javier. Two two. I hate it, Alex. How <laughs> dare you? But I can't say how dare you because of what just happened. So, right. Hopefully not. How dare you? Hopefully it's just. I don't know. I'm not hopeful anymore about Arsenal. After the result today, but I'm at the same time like we can't panic. Everything's still in our own hands. It's just like so. You I, are hopeful. No, I just feel like maximum pain is coming, just like it always has. Well, I mean, the good news is the the team you're going against has a reputation for being pretty spursy. But you know, we'll see if Conte can. Yeah, and our record that. against them is phenomenal. We have played 33 times and we have 25 wins, and they have only won three times in the Premier League. Newcastle, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's even when they had you know Alan Shearer and. They've had you know better, much better teams than this one in the past. So, not saying that that's necessarily relevant, but the current players have beaten Newcastle many times in in the Premier League. So they they should take. They haven't beaten us since 2018 in the Premier League. We should take some heart to that, and uh, go to Newcastle with confidence. And I mean, we were able to win at West Ham and at Stamford Bridge, two places that I would say are harder to win than St James's Park. So we should be fairly confident still going into this game. I'm going to say 2-1 Arsenal. Okay, I'll stick to 2-2. Southampton uh, hosting Liverpool Tuesday at 2.45 p.m. The only reason I bring this one up, uh, other than the fact that, you know, the rest of the midweek games are going to be on Thursday, so we can at least mention those next time we record. Uh, But, you know, Liverpool have, they've had their troubles at Southampton. I I think they'll win this one, but they did lose their last season. Um, and they're going to be like two or three days removed from the FA Cup final, which whether they win or lose, uh, I mean, that might have an effect. I, I already gave I mean, my I feel prediction like if, for that FA Cup final. If City just final, blow so away think, West Ham, you don't think there's going to be like a little bit of a, ah, oh, fuck, like we're not, we're not going to do it now. 
Nah, probably not. Right? Um, they're still gonna. They're still gonna well, have yeah, belief. Yeah, but based but... off based off my other predictions, that's why I think Liverpool just win this one because I think you know City drop points with a draw, Chelsea beat Liverpool in the FA Cup final, and as like a fuck you like reaction, they're gonna bounce back and you know beat Southampton. I'll say three one. I'll say uh, it's a little bit more than that because this Liverpool team need the goal difference. Um, so I'm gonna say six one, Liverpool. Five one Liverpool. Five one Liverpool. I think they pile on the goals. They go all out and uh, destroy Southampton. Maybe okay. even five nil. Five nil. Five nil Liverpool. That sounds better. <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap things up there, uh, Javier. Thanks for jumping on this one with me. And again, thanks for jumping on the Instagram live earlier. Uh, again, you guys can go check that out at Ghost Goal Pod on our Instagram. About 25 minutes of post-game talk after the North London Derby uh, with a, a friend of ours that is a Spurs fan, Mark. Uh, also, a shout out to Mark Sikaili uh, for jumping on that with us. If you want to follow us on social media, again, the podcast socials is at Ghost Goal Pod for Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Javier on Twitter at JavierRev9, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ASMoss92. If you're listening to the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please go ahead and drop us a rating and a review if it allows you. Uh, new ratings and reviews help new listeners uh, find the pod when they when they search for uh, their football podcast. So we'd really appreciate and uh, love it if you guys could help us grow this thing. Thanks again for listening to the pod this week. Enjoy the games this weekend. Up the shelves. And until next time, see ya. <laughs>